Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Ganal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Did you know that researchers tested 11 different bottled water brands globally and found that 93% of all bottles tested contained some sort of microplastic, including polypropylene, polystyrene, nylon, and polyethylene. Our guest today is one of the founding partners of Liquid of Life, a provider of drinking water solutions. After moving to the UAE, she made the transition from the legal industry and established Liquid of Life. She does a lot to promote and implement green initiatives in the private sector as well as public sector. She was listed as one of the top 50 most influential people who are shaping the future of the facility management industry in the GCC region, two years in a row. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Roxana Kosser. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mariska. How are you today? I'm doing very well. How about you? Yes, lovely. Thank you. Roxana, how did your sustainable journey start that led to the start of Liquid of Life? It's really started from my childhood. Um, you know, growing up, um, I was very much interested in, I would say, the environment. Uh, I wouldn't say the word sustainability because the word sustainability wasn't really branded a lot back then uh, when I was younger, but was very interested in the environment, you know, as soon as I could. I think when I was around about seven or eight, I became a member of WWF. I did a lot of kind of like conservation work within my own community. And then at the same time, I used to run the school tuck shop, which is quite interesting. I'm going somewhere with this. Um, and so I think, um, you know, running the school tuck shop uh, is something that I really enjoy doing. You know, I was like selling toast or selling ice cream, you know, to break times and lunch times to the students to make money that was then used uh, in the home economics department, you know, for various uh, kitchen equipment. And so I think um, then as I grew up, you know, there wasn't really a career choice in the field of sustainability in the environment. I, you know, the thought was that perhaps I would go and join Greenpeace and get arrested, you know, by protesting or like tie myself to trees. Um, and I ended up, um, you know, doing, I guess, what was kind of expected in terms of becoming a lawyer. But when I moved to Dubai, I looked around and I decided to leave the legal industry behind and, you know, bringing my passion about sustainability and the environment and my passion for running a business, bringing those two things together from my childhood and setting up Liquid of Life. So I'm working in the field of sustainability. It is a for-profit business where we are trying to affect change in terms of encouraging people to make that switch from plastic bottled water to filtered water. So that's really, I guess, how Liquid of Life uh, you know, really started. It's bringing two of my childhood passions together. That's amazing. Uh, 
So yeah. from the from the tuck shop to now the yeah. water shop. Yeah. <laughs> so the water shop, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Bottled waters tested for microbes and other water pollutions four times less than tap water. Mm. Yet we still find a lot of people leaning towards the bottled water as they feel it's cleaner than filtered tap water. What has been your experience with that in the UAE? In the UAE, I mean you know, let's start by saying, I mean, the plastic bottle water industry is doing a fantastic job in terms of marketing um, a product, you know, selling water that's readily available directly from our taps and selling that in, you know, plastic or glass bottles. So the bottled water industry has done, uh, you know, this fantastic job in the last decades. But I find that, you know, as a result of increased awareness about the issues surrounding uh, plastic pollution, there is um, a drive towards looking at alternative solutions and it's not just concentrated on plastic bottles it's plastic generally as well and so people are saying okay with the awareness i'm growing over the last number of years there is a growing number of people both residences and businesses that saying okay what else can we do instead of you know procuring and using uh, and then disposing of plastic bottles and so I guess this is where we've come in. We've done a lot of awareness and events in the past where we're talking to people and very hands-on in terms of talking to people and raising awareness about the issues about plastics and then providing filtered water as an alternative solution. And I guess a lot of that you know, has increased, a lot of the awareness has increased. The majority of the inquiries and referrals, the, the, the inquiries that we receive are a result of referrals. So, and, and that's been growing over the last eight, nine years here in Dubai. Mm. And I think what has helped more, even more recently are the global trends. So you've had very successful programs such as Blue Planet that have done an awesome job in terms of you know, raising the awareness about the issues of plastic pollution that's actually encouraged people to look for alternatives and say, okay, we all need to drink water, you know, um, we need to ensure that we're staying healthy and hydrated. This is how we're currently drinking water, you know, what are the other alternatives and solutions? And this is why we come in in terms of actually them being a solutions provider. That's wonderful. So you feel that once people are educated about, you know, you can put a filter on your tap water and it's fully safe to drink, then, you know, they're more likely to actually do that. But if you tell someone, listen, I drink tap water, mm -hmm. I feel a lot of people look at me like, oh my word, either you are so poor, you can't mm -hmm. afford water, yeah. or, you know, you're crazy. So that's, that's what I've been getting. And then, you know, the moment I tell people that, listen, like where we are, it is safe to drink the tap water. water. If you filter it, mm -hmm. it's hundred percent fine. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I've been also trying to educate people and mm -hmm. also telling them about liquid of life. Yes. And just well, thank you. No, we appreciate it. your support. And I've definitely seen. I, I just love it when uh, on a community level, I'm you know when we end up sometimes speaking to people and say, look, my neighbour has got this. I want to have this. Or my friend told me about this. You know, it's really good to see more of, more of that in the community. People, to, uh, you know, talking about us and then encouraging others to do the same as well. So yeah, because people, what I also find is a lot of people say, yeah, but you know what? It's such a mission to install the filter, and I need mm -hmm. to move soon. And you know, the the excuses just goes on. Mm -hmm. But then I just tell them, listen. So every single week, mm -hmm. you go to the store. 
the whole cycle just happens every week. So every week it is go buy the bottles, put it in the bin or take it to get recycled and drink, you know, versus if you just open the tap, your bin is not going to be that full. You don't have to go to a recycling facility every other day because you've got a ton of water bottles to get recycled. So in the end, it doesn't really take that much of effort to just open the tap. It doesn't. And it's strange, you know, when people do say, well, it's very convenient to drink plastic bottled water. And I think we do seem to have this warped sense of what convenience is. You know, it's just like if you look at the entire process that you just described, you know, if you want to drink uh, uh, some drinking water, you will go to the store, buy the plastic. You have to store that, either keep it in the fridge or you have it on uh, your kitchen shelves, consume it, you throw it away and then, you know, it's got to be disposed of as well. Or you could just go to the tap, open the tap and just help yourself to water at any time so you know it's more convenient to actually have access to water all the time if you end up running out of a plastic bottle of water then you have to get out go to the store and buy some more and so when it comes to convenience I think sometimes it's an argument that a lot of people use to perhaps not make you know positive changes Um, and I think by nature we humans don't like change but which is why we try to make things as hassle-free and easy as possible. And I think when we explain you know, our processes and how we work and also the solutions that we offer, I think it's really important that we do make that as hassle-free as possible. So you make the change uh, as easy as possible as well. Um, so for example, we would go and we, we do all the installation work. It's very easy to install um, our filters and in a domestic setting, in a home setting, the filters last 12 months, so no one's inconvenienced every couple of months by someone coming into their home and changing filters or them having to continuously change filters. So we do try to make things as hassle-free as possible to make that change change as easy as possible as well. Yeah, that's wonderful. And the cost of bottled water is about a thousand times more than tap water. Mm-hmm. And you guys have helped your customers to save around 80% of the water water bills mm-hmm. um, just by using the filter tap water mm-hmm. do you feel a lot of people look at this cost now as well and say wow you know we can actually by saving on bottles we actually save money in the long run because now we don't have to purchase all of these bottles mm-hmm. what what do you feel is, is yeah, I, I mean um, there's different kind of like buying decisions um, but obviously one of the key factors is is cost and certainly when we're working with businesses you know the starting point is for us to always understand what the drinking water needs and requirements are what the current costs are and then we look at the cost of implementing the filtered drinking water systems and then the ongoing running costs which include you know maintenance of dispensers if we're installing dispensers and then also the filter changes For businesses, typically what we tend to find is that the return on investment on the capital expenditure tends to be less than 12 months. And so that is a big uh, factor in, you know, the businesses deciding to make the switch. Um, And then ongoing running costs can be anywhere between sometimes 60 and up to 90% when you compare that cost to the plastic bottled water. So when we're providing this feasibility report, um, you know, a lot of that is actually looking at the full cost benefit analysis. 
you know so we're trying to you know drive people make that decision then easier for them to say look you know you're you can save money and by the way you can help the environment too so exactly. so you know and, and sometimes when we do go and see businesses you know they're like look you know what is this going to cost me that's one of their key questions and they said look you know if we can save money this is something that we'd be interested in doing and so I think businesses are very upfront um, I, I guess you know sometimes about what their aims and objection uh, objectives are and that's what we try to to do working with our manufacturers I think because we work directly with our manufacturers um, you know we can uh, provide solutions at a very competitive rate and uh, that helps in terms of the key decision uh, making process. That's amazing. And with this water, you guys often do like water tasting tests with like bottled water Mm -hmm. and the filter tap water. So out of those, what would you say? So it's a blind taste testing. What would people prefer if they just tasted? They don't know what they're tasting. Mm-hmm. What what has been your yeah? It's yours? it's such a funny thing because taste is one of those things that's very subjective. I'm and everyone has a different palate. You know, depending whether you're a smoker or a heavy red wine drinker, you're going to have a different palate to someone else. And taste is something that we do get asked a lot about. And what I would say is, first of all, the taste is not objectionable, which is kind of the Uh, scientific uh, explanation but you know when we've done the um, taste tests at events the majority of people do seem to prefer the filtered water because for example one of the um, functionality of the filters is that we remove the chemicals like chlorine that you find in tap water and also plastic bottled water so by removing those chemicals you do get a purer tasting water people have described it as you know kind of like soft they enjoy drinking it and then some of the other feedback that we've had as well, when we actually install uh, filters, whether it's in homes or offices, is sometimes we do end up getting general feedback that they're ending up drinking more water because they're enjoying the taste mm. of the water. So it's always really good to get that sort of feedback. Um, and then likewise, we have people that don't have any sort of opinion. They say, look, you know, water is just water. So it, it is a mixed bag and um, I think after a while sometimes once people have drank a lot of the filtered water they do sometimes find strange drinking plastic bottle water. Oh. Just yesterday I was at a restaurant and they served us um, some complimentary water that was served to us in a glass bottle. I automatically assumed it might be filtered water but when I tasted it I could taste the chlorine in the water because I'm so used to drinking filtered water. Mm. That was like this is not filtered water so i can taste and i don't think i've got the most sensitive of palates wow. but i could taste that that difference and then when i did ask them look you know what's the source of this water they said yes it's come from a plastic bottle so i could taste the difference between yeah. filtered water and unfiltered water but i think it, it's important to note that it doesn't really matter really about the taste of the water as long as it's you know safe and clean uh, for people to drink because there are, you know, 800 million people on the planet that don't have access to clean drinking water. And sometimes, you know, we sat around and we have big debates about the calcium content or the sodium content or what the taste of the water is, you know, when so many people on the planet just don't have that luxury of having, um, you know, access to clean water. Exactly. That's, that is very true indeed. And, you know, we're, we're in a 
grateful position Absolutely. that you know we are able to drink our tap, tap water. water. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's wonderful. And so you guys do a whole variety of different um, filter systems. Mm-hmm. So um, like, would you mind sharing a bit about it? Because I know on few, but not all mm-hmm. of them. So yeah, sure. please share. So um, in a residential setting, um, what we tend to normally provide are um, you know very uh, simple under the sink filters. And we just attach it directly to an existing tap um, on your kitchen sink. And then once installed, it gives you access to uh, fresh filtered water. And the filters are really designed to remove impurities like any sediment particles uh, that are in the water and chemicals like chlorine. We use a patented carbon filter then that also removes any other impurities, but it does also help to polish up the water and helps to improve taste. So the output then is you get the purified filtered water. But the minerals like calcium, magnesium, potassium, they're actually retained in the water. So DWER, for example, here in Dubai, um, DWER are uh, the authority that provides us with the water. And they do actually provide very good quality water that's tested against World Health Organization standards for drinking water. And so where you get the impurities is because of the tanks and the pipes and the infrastructure, mm-hmm. which is then where the filtration comes in. So we remove those sorts of impurities, and, but the minerals are retained in the water. So those are what is really popular with our residential clients and that will provide people with access to very good quality drinking water and then water to cook with, um, make teas and coffees, feed the plants, feed the pets. Um, you know, so it's, uh, and it's very comparable to you know, a lot of the plastic bottled water brands, a lot of which use, you know, the source is actually desalinated water as well, yeah. uh, treated and then put into a plastic bottle and sold to you. So it's very much very similar to what you get out of um, your tap. Well, and for the commercial um, clients, you guys mm-hmm. have some some of the other dispensers and things as well. That That's right. So it, in a commercial setting, I think you know culturally as well here in Dubai, um, you wouldn't really get a lot of employees you know going to a pantry and just opening a tap and mm-hmm. uh, you know drinking the water directly from a tap in an office setting. So what we do, we have different sorts of solutions that we can implement in offices that can provide filtered water directly from the tap, or we do have dispensers. Um, So it looks pretty much like your average water cooler, but without the plastic bottle on top. And we can build in the filtration system into the dispenser and we connect it to an existing water supply, run the pipe into wherever people want to have the dispenser in the office. And then once installed, it gives people access to chilled uh, or heated or room temperature drinking water. Um, So in an office setting with lots of people having different preferences uh, for either chilled water or room temperature water, the functionality of the dispenser is that it can then provide people with those options of having chilled filtered water or... Wow, that's, uh, that's still filtered that's water. Yeah. And um, you guys also offer the filters for the shower heads as well. So that's correct. Why yes. <laughs> why is that important, and how how does it work? Yeah, so I, it's really quite funny because when I first started the business, I was always like, okay, our core business is drinking water, because the whole idea is that we're trying to get people to switch from plastic bottled water. And then when we installed filters, we used to have uh, 
a few clients used to say that they used to get the filtered water from the kitchen sink and then take some of that up to the bathroom and rinse their hair and they just found that you know the the water was much nicer for them to like bathe with and wash and rinse their hair and we did used to get asked a lot you know can you provide a solution to filter the shower water as well and for a long time I resisted because I was like oh that's just for vanity reasons and that's not really what we're um, set up the business for but as I looked into it and I tried a number of different sorts of um, shower filters because we, I kept getting asked and I ended up installing some shower filters working with the same manufacturers that we work with for the drinking water filters we uh, came up with a set of shower filters that I was using I remember my sister visiting me and she said there's less of your hair around the apartment because my sister is a big clean freak and um, so she'd always come and clean my apartment and uh, she just made the comment that I hadn't told her about the shower filters but she said that there is less of your hair around the apartment so it does have a contributory uh, fact it's not going to stop hair fall because that's one of the main reasons sometimes people ask us about shower filters they said look I want my hair to stop falling out but shower filters will not stop your hair from falling out um, you know hair loss is more complex than that it depends on diet stress uh, if you're on certain medication where, you know, um, a side effect might be, um, you know, hair loss, um, your hormones, um, you know, so there's lots of other contributory factors towards hair loss. Um, but one of the other main reasons that we looked at providing shower filters, and for me personally, is by removing the chemicals like chlorine from the shower, fil uh, shower water, uh, you're also reducing the exposure that your skin has to chemicals because your skin is the lar largest organ in your body and by having the shower filters and taking that out, the chemicals out then you are reducing your exposure to those sorts of chemicals that have a drying effect on the skin uh, that can lead to um, hair loss so for if people do want to shower filter it's not something that we actively promote or advertise but we do provide them on request because people but we do them very differently we put the filters above the shower head uh, above the suspended ceiling so they're not okay. they're very different to some of the conventional products that yeah. you just get on the shower head we fix them above the suspended ceiling because the filter are, filters are this big Okay. And then they will purify and filter the water. Wow. Um, but they will also last 12 months. Uh, because again, we want to always try to work on reducing waste. So the longer product lasts, uh, that's beneficial for the customer. So they're not having to spend more money replacing shower filters. And then there's less waste as well that ends up in landfills. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I will definitely look into maybe <laughs> getting another one. Or well, I'll get one in our, in our house. So what has been one of the most important decisions that you have made around Mama Earth? I think the impo most important one, oh, there's so many, but I think in the last few years, it's actually my diet. Um, so I've kind of ended up moving towards uh, more of a plant-based diet. And that has had an impact in a number of ways. First of all, by reducing your meat consumption, you're actually reducing your own personal carbon footprint. So. Um, you know, eating uh, meat carries a larger carbon footprint than just eating vegetables, uh, for example. And also, uh, it's reduced the water footprint as well. So, in all the products that we consume and that we eat, there's an associated water footprint. 
And so by moving towards a more plant-based diet, I've ended up reducing both my carbon footprint and my water footprint. And then also it just changed the way that I shop by buying more fruit and vegetables. I shop in places where I could just put those into a basket without any packaging. Um, so that's had a big impact in terms of you know, the waste that I create from the packaging that you normally get food from. So if you do end up having a diet that where you are eating lots of meat or processed food, just think about all the packaging that all that sort of food comes in. And then, you know, if you do end up moving towards more of a plant-based diet, all the food that I buy actually comes in virtually no packaging. You know, I shop in places like Greenheart, Organic Farm Shop, where I just put all my produce into a, a basket and uh, you know bring it home in a box which then i take backwards and forwards and so you're not and so there's very little plastic packaging that i actually use when i'm actually uh, buying the fruit and vegetables that um, i eat um, and then a lot of the other produce um, that i buy um, tends to come in glass jars rather than plastic jars and things so uh, changing my diet has had an impact um, i think on lots of different levels that's amazing and that is something that people don't realize that yeah. you know um i i saw a photograph the other day we um you know it kind of said you know when you throw something away it doesn't really go, go away, away. Yeah, you know, it, it goes somewhere so either it goes to the landfill mm -hmm. it goes you know to a recycling facility yeah. or it ends up in our environment so i feel choices that that you make has mm -hmm has a, a great impact on yeah. that and um, me myself has have really tried to eat more plant-based food yeah. and um, and I can see you know on on the amount of waste that we generate mm -hmm. as a household is a lot less than mm -hmm. you know a year ago or mm -hmm. you know when when people look at my bin they always like so where do I throw it away because mm -hmm. I've minimized our general waste bin mm -hmm. to it's probably smaller than a liter container oh, wow. and exactly. that I refuse to throw out more than once in three weeks mm -hmm. so my wow. husband knows <laughs> he's on the limit yeah. and all of the other stuff I yeah. try to recycle and anything yeah. that cannot be recycled mm -hmm. I will try not to buy that because mm. I know it has to go in the bin and the bin only gets cleaned out you know mm. every every few weeks for yeah. that reason that we need to know yeah. what can and cannot be recycled yeah. so I feel it's it's really important yeah. and I think changes like that encourage you to try new things as well exactly. um you know um when I was just in the UK recently I was just watching a program um, you know about how in the UK um, there isn't really a facility there to recycle black plastic and um, if you look at I mean I'm not really a biscuit person so I don't really buy biscuits but generally when you buy biscuits they come in trays and that plastic is normally black so if you think about um, you know the UK and you know I think we are a biscuit loving nation uh, the amount of black plastic that's created that you know within the UK we can't do with recycling that sort of plastic so I think you know currently it's bailed up and shipped in other places where it's going to go and cause a problem or issues elsewhere so you know be, having that sort of knowledge um, you know does tend to force you to either change you know either make biscuits at home or buy different biscuits that don't come up with the plas black plastic
And I think you, you know, you said something there about, you know, our choices really do matter. And every time we're buying something, uh, there's another quote that I always like is that every time we're buying something, we're casting a vote for the place that, you know, the sort of society that we want to live in. And over the last um, eight years, I haven't bought a plastic water bottle. Um, and, you know, I would rather, as a consumer and, you know, as a person living here in Dubai, I would rather, um, you know, drink water from my tap, you know, have a filter at home and I drink water from the tap because I'd rather my water goes to Dewa uh, and support Dewa as an organization that is providing everyone, that provides us with the infrastructure that gives us access to clean drinking water rather than me buying plastic bottle of water and giving my money to plastic bottle of water companies. I'd rather invest in the organization in the city that I'm living in that is providing the infrastructure that gives us clean water every day. So I think that's quite an important aspect as well. So we are going to dig right into our final five. Mm -hmm. So it's just five easy questions and you can just give us short answers for that. So the first one is, what is one social media account that you follow? I follow yours, of course. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. Which is awesome. (laughs) Especially when you were um, doing the challenge recently. Yes, so that was really fun and very uh, insightful to watch as well. Very interesting to watch. The other one, uh, there's so many that I I follow because you learn new things all the time. But one particular one is uh, Oceanic Global. Um, so they are a, a non-profit organization that raises awareness about the issues surrounding plastic pollution, but at the same time, they work on providing solutions. Um, so something that they have recently launched is their uh, Ocean Standard, which is uh, basically a guide for hotels and restaurants in terms of what they can do to reduce their plastic waste and their plastic consumption within their um, their businesses. So I really like that organisation because it's raising awareness about the issues surrounding plastic pollution, but it's actually providing very good uh, guides and practical tips in terms of how people then make changes and also very proactive at connecting people to suppliers as well then that, that who can then help people to implement solutions um so oceanic global is very good cool and uh what is your hope for mama earth going forward oh my goodness um i think it's um it's one of change and healing you know we've done so much damage to the planet that you know we really need to start looking at the decisions that we're making every single day and find ways that we can cut down on waste and reduce the negative impact that we have for the environment. So I'm hoping that you know people are going to start looking at what they can do and what they can do in terms of what's in their control. You know, you recently, for example, highlighted the issues around plastic straws, and that is something that we have control over. We can go to a restaurant and we can refuse a straw. So that's one of the same simple things that we can do and that change will start having a positive impact on the environment. And what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to help out Mama Earth? I'm so bad at selling my own products sometimes, but um, yeah, I mean, just look at some of the things that you're doing. You know, water obviously is something that we all need to access to and there's still too much of a heavy reliance on plastic bottled water. 
especially if you're living in cities or towns where you do have access to you know drinking water from your tap and it's relatively easy enough to buy a filter invest in a filter it's in the long term it's going to save you money as well um, so sometimes you know we need to make those sorts of investments in things um, that will have more of a beneficial change in the long term and stuff so what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey i think it's uh, in terms of facts um earlier this year there was a new study that uh, a group of scientists looked at the number of plastic that's been created since the 90s since the 1950s and they put that figure at 8.3 billion tons and so if you think that less than 10 percent of plastic globally has ever really been recycled that's billions of tons that you know is still some of it obviously is still in circulation we're still using some of that plastic but much of that plastic has ended up in the landfills and it's ended up in the oceans so even if we stop using a lot of plastics or we reduce the amount of plastic that we're using there's still so much plastic out there because it takes over up to about a thousand years to degrade that plastic is still out there that's continuing to cause damage to our ecosystems um so i hope that facts like that do encourage people to say okay we need to stop using plastic we need to look at alternatives and the thing is that there are alternatives out there we've just got to care enough to make those sorts of changes yeah and it is really easy i mean i have um you know reusable bottles investing in a reusable bottle i do have reusable bottles that are made from stainless steel made from reusable um plastics but the whole point is that it's a reusable plastic it's not a single-use plastic and so there's lots of alternatives out there that we really need to start considering and investing in rather than having this throwaway culture exactly and where can people find you it is so um they can find us our social media handle is liquid of life dxb so we have our website liquidoflife.net um, so there's, uh, we'll be relaunching it um, shortly, um, but all our contact details are on our website as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for your time and joining us and telling us a bit more about what you do and about Liquid of Life. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at mamaearthtalk.com. Follow at Design by Mariska on Instagram or email hello at mamaearthtalk.com. And let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to talk about. I love hearing from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every Monday with a bonus Top Tip Thursday every Thursday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.